Hey, this is John Nettles, and this is episode one of Roots of Revelation, the podcast where we dive into the scripture behind the scripture of Revelation. Today's topic is the introduction to the rest of the podcast. My name is John Nettles, and I love Revelation. I love how it ties everything in the rest of the Bible together, and it brings them into a conclusion. And one thing I like to do is I like to read a lot. And I love when you get to the very end of a good book and you feel like everything's all these different storylines and plots are getting tied together. And that's what Revelation does. Revelation takes everything you've been reading about since Genesis through the New Testament into Revelation and ties it all together into one storyline. They let you know nothing was wasted or random during that whole time. And I love that. So Revelation is one of my favorite books of the Bible. I guess it should all be your favorite book of the Bible if it's all inspired. You can't really say this one's better than that one if it's all perfect and inspired, right? But but I do love Revelation, and I want to share that love of Revelation with you. And a little bit about me, just basic stuff. I am not an academic. Um, I, I'm in sales and I just love reading about revelation. I love to study it. And so, uh, everything we're going to do in this podcast is taken from a layman's point of view. Um, not, not saying I have it all figured out, but I have more figured out than I used to. So I would like to invite you along to a journey like that with me on this podcast. And so the book of revelation, as I said, ties all the other books of the Bible together and it brings them to a conclusion and it's Jesus revealing important things to his church. But yet sometimes I feel we aren't listening because many people have decided that the book of revelation is just over their heads academically. They think it's better left to the experts. Just tell us what to think about it. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever ask someone to chew your food for you? That's strange, isn't it? I mean, so, and that, that should be something that we should want to study ourselves. I think others feel it is too strange and that we should just stick to practical books that we can apply easily to our everyday lives. Like great books, inspired books, word of God books like James acts and Proverbs. Just stick to the basics that we know, that we uh, can figure out. Tell me what to do today. And that's great. Those those books are wonderful, but that doesn't mean Revelation is not important. And finally, many of us feel that Revelation can be a source of confrontation among people who interpret it differently. So with all that said, it can be easy to tune out Revelation. The problem is that in doing so, we've decided to tune out the inspired word of God. So let's kind of break some of these down piece by piece, I guess. Do we feel intimidated by thinking we can't understand it unless we are, quote, experts? And who decides who is an expert? And if you read Revelation chapter 1, is there a warning label that says stop here if you don't have an advanced advanced biblical degree? I haven't seen one. If that was the case, if, if that was what was most important to Jesus, wouldn't he have chosen Paul? to write down the revelation instead of John. John was a fisherman. 
Paul was an advanced academic. Why did he choose John to reveal it to? Well, you could say that Paul had already been martyred, but he could have written, he could have given the revelation at any time. He gave it to John because, well, I don't really know why, <laughs> but he didn't give it to Paul. And so I think it gives us hope that we can, um, we can delve into revelation ourselves and we may not be experts, but isn't an expert, somebody that was once a novice that has made progress. So if you convince yourself that you must be an expert before you start reading, then that ensures you'll never read revelation at all. And you'll miss something extraordinary. All right. So are we afraid to talk about revelation because it's just too strange? If so, Ask yourself if you really want to worship a God that you have all figured out. Can you be awed by what you already understand? Do you understand exactly what's going on with a sunset or lightning? Yeah, a scientist can kind of briefly explain it to you, but can anybody make a sunset? Can you make lightning? What we need to understand, what we need to do is to exercise a little humility and realize we'll never understand Jesus completely. And then we should just praise God's mysterious and awesome presence. Because revelation becomes a lot less strange when you see how much of it fits hand in glove with the rest of the Bible, how consistent it is with the rest of the Bible. All right, so what about the uh, whole conflict thing we talked about a little bit ago? We might be afraid to talk about it because there have been so many theological conflicts about it. This doesn't have to be the case either. So this study won't tell you, quote, what it all means. I personally think Christians need to exercise a lot more theological humility. Humility doesn't say, I've got it all figured out, and all you need to do is listen to me, rather than those other people who are all wrong. Admitting we don't have God all figured out allows us to learn more about God while having peaceful dialogue with other Christians. So my goal is to help us move past all these obstacles. We can always learn from those who know more than we do, but that must not prevent that must not prevent us from even trying to figure it out ourselves. We may not understand all of it, but that must not prevent us from understanding some of it. So I want to give you a warning. Your increased level of understanding about the nature of Christ might change some of your current theology. You may be forced to choose between the comfortable, quote, what I've always thought, or even what I've always been taught, and the word and the will of God. Making that choice will take some courage, and I'll ask you, are you ready for that? So here are some expectations and some disclaimers. Number one, Revelation is a book with a lot of references to other scriptures and ideas from both the Old and the New Testament scripture. These are the roots of Revelation, which is hence the name of the podcast. I will discuss Revelation specifically, but I'll also spend a lot of time on the root scriptures to help us understand Revelation better. So there may be times when you're kind of wondering, how does this all fit in? Kind of like if you've ever seen Karate Kid, when Daniel was wondering why Mr. Miyagi's telling him to wax, is it wax the car and paint the fence? Yeah. 
why, why are you telling me to paint the fence and wax the car? Well, it was teaching him the basics of karate, the way that you move in karate. So if we start talking about Daniel or Ezekiel or Exodus or Genesis, which we will, we're on topic. So just bear with me. It'll, it'll all come back to how it relates to revelation. Number two, I'm not an expert. I said this before. I'm not an expert with an advanced biblical degree. I'm learning as I go, just, just like you are. So if if you're okay with that, you're welcome along for the journey. If you understand all the mysteries of revelation at the end of this study, it won't be because you learned it from me because I don't have that breadth of knowledge. And so I can't dispense it. However, it's also possible that you will know more about revelation at the end than you know now. Third point, many Christians have avoided revelation for too long. Whether it seems too complex or too controversial, it's still the word of God. So let's get started in studying revelation. So what is a revelation? Webster's dictionary defines it as an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. Something that is revealed by God to humans. And the author was, it's well, it's, it's ultimately Jesus. Uh, he's the one that gave the, the revelation. I guess the actual chain of command was God gave the revelation to Jesus. Jesus gave it to his angel. The angel gave it to John and John has written it down for us. That's how that kind of went. But who is John? Well, there's some debate about that. This is not definite, but it's most people think it was the uh, disciple that was closest to Jesus. One of his inner circle, three apostles, the apostle John. And it was probably, but not definitely, written in the mid-90s A.D. Now, here, I'm going to give you a a nerd alert as I tell you what kind of literature type this is. Uh, It is both apocalyptic and prophecy. So, I'm not going to make this podcast any more nerdy then I have to, but I have to explain what these two things are. Apocalyptic literature is very similar to the type of writing we see in Ezekiel, Daniel, and Zechariah. These books show a prophet being given direct access to God who shows them something that will help humans better understand God's nature. Since humans cannot possibly grasp the full nature of God, symbolism is necessary. Things are compared to things we understand, but they're not limited to being exactly like that. Basically, think about it like this. If Albert Einstein were trying to explain thermonuclear dynamics to a five-year-old, he couldn't start telling them all the intricacies. He might have to say, well, it's kind of like this. And I think that's what symbolism does it helps us understand the overall basic um, idea of something that we can't possibly understand all the nuances and details of. 
That's apocalyptic literature. Now, prophecy gives us a glimpse into the future with the goal of causing people to change themselves, their thoughts, their behavior, make a change. We see that a lot in the letters to the seven churches early in the book. He's just, he's telling them, here's what's going to happen. You better, you better change or, or this is going to happen. So there's symbolism. And then there's a prophecy of giving the need for change, both happening during the book of revelation. So let me give you some key themes for the, for the book of revelation that we're going to talk about in this podcast. Number one, overcoming persecution. Number two, God is in charge of history. Number three, fulfillment of scripture. And number four, Jesus is making all things new. So let me kind of break these down a little bit. Overcoming persecution means that Christians will suffer persecution, but must hold on to their faith in the midst of it. Christians must remain faithful to God no matter what, even to the point of sacrificing our lives. We must put on the full armor of God discussed in Ephesians 6, uh, 10, verses 10 through 17, uh, because hard times may not mean we're doing something wrong. It may mean we're in the middle of God's plan and Satan just doesn't like it. So there's going to be resistance. At the end of times, though, God's team will win and it'll be worth it. So the willingness to suffer for Christ is the path to ultimate victory. But you got to stay on that path. Number two, God is in charge of history. God wins. If you want to know, you want two words to sum up this entire podcast, it's God wins. Jesus has already gained the victory. So don't give up on the victory that is already assured as we simply remain faithful. So think about it like this. Your favorite sports team, maybe it's football, soccer, it doesn't matter. You you have to be away from your television set during the time that's going to be played. And you're out and about and you hear um, that you hear what happened. You hear that your team won. And you probably even know the score and and that this wide receiver caught the pass and that running back made the uh, game-winning 30-yard run to clinch the victory. You already know that. But, you, but you'll want to go back later and watch it because you taped it. Okay, So you, you want to go back and you watch it because you want to experience your team winning. That's kind of what we're doing in Revelation. So if you already know that your team wins, you ought to be pretty excited. And that ought to help you if you see your team uh, go up 14 to nothing and then all of a sudden the other team comes back and now that's their head 17 to 14. You don't just turn off the television set because you already know, oh, somewhere along the line here, my team pulls ahead again. That's what we're dealing with with the revelations. So we already know that God's team wins. And so why would we give up on the victory that's already assured if we just simply remain faithful to God? So if we know that he wins in the end, that should bolster our faith enough that we won't hedge our bets and rely on anyone or anything else. Christians can't serve two masters. We must not have allegiances and alliances in the world made because of our lack of faith in God. We don't have a backup plan for God. 
Jesus is our primary and only plan. And our allegiances must be only with Jesus Christ, who's the only reason we have access to the Father in the first place. And since the church is the bride of Christ, he expects his bride to be pure and without allegiance to anyone or anything else. So God's in control of history, his team's going to win, and we just need to remain faithful and stay on his side without allegiances to anyone or anything else. Okay, the next theme, third theme, we're going to talk about is the fulfillment of Scripture. See, nothing in the Old or the New Testament was ever random. Every story you heard, every verse and chapter that you read was all there for a reason. And it all ties together in Revelation. It's all one story, and it's going to culminate together in Revelation. See, Jesus came not to do away with the Old Testament, but to fulfill the prophecies within it. And Revelation has more references to the Old Testament than all the other books of the New Testament combined. Think about that. There's there's something like over 500 allusions, whether it's directly quoted or not, it's alluded to about 500 times. And what that tells me that it was important to Jesus. It was important that we understand how the Bible is one story about Jesus. And it'll help if we've studied some of the roots of Revelation. It'll help if we've discussed, we've, we studied Exodus and Daniel and Ezekiel and Zechariah in particular, but these, these will help, but it shouldn't be seen as mandatory. It should be something that helps you understand Revelation, not that is your obstacle to talking about Revelation, to discussing Revelation. Just go ahead and start reading it. Start learning. And then you can go back and, and study those books, and you'll see new things that you've never seen before. But don't let it stop you from just diving in and getting started. Now, since we're talking about fulfillment of Scripture and that, that it was important enough to, to Jesus to look at the Old Testament and, and allude to it over 500 times, that tells me it's really important to him and that it can't be not important to us. Now, we may, may not be under the old law anymore. We've now been saved by grace through the blood of Jesus. But it can't be that the Old Testament is just not important, where we can just be New Testament Christians. Because a lot of the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And the more we understand about the Old Testament, the more we understand the New Testament. And it gives us a more f- complete picture of the Word and the will of God. So let's not be New Testament Christians. Let's be Christians who are trying to understand as much as we can about the, the nature of God, the Father, and God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, the last thing I want to touch on, the last theme, is that Jesus is making all things new. There are videos on the, on the Internet that go viral, and all they are is watching people open something new. Something that they, and you feel vicariously excited for them that they're opening this new package of something. And it's called an unboxing, but you're just watching some guy open a package. (laughs) It's kind of funny, but um, people love to get new things. That's why uh, we love to give things at Christmas. We love to get things at Christmas. We love the birthday party. What's it going to be? What's in the present? 
People love something new. And Jesus is all about bringing, making things new. He's the alpha and the omega, and he's the beginning and the end. And he refers to the church as the new Israel. And he discusses a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem and a new temple. And he wants us to bring new people from every walk of life to him. And when that happens, the coolest thing is he gives them a new and eternal life. So these are the main topics we're going to talk about in this podcast. We're going to talk about overcoming persecution, that God is in charge of history, that this is the fulfillment of scripture, that Jesus is making all things new. And I'm excited about that. And if you are too, then I'll say, come back for episode two, when we're going to talk about the chain of command, how God works through a chain of command. Why does he do that? I don't really know, but like just what we talked about a while ago, The revelation was given by God, the Father, to Jesus, to the angel, to John, and then to us. Why did he do it that way? I'm not really sure, but he does that a lot of times, and we're going to talk about that in episode two. So if you're excited about that, come back for episode two, and for the rest of this day, have a great day, and remember that God loves you.